to put them in front. He doesn't miss. Oh, the little man higher for longer than all around him. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. Oh, look for the trampoline. Rogers done it from nowhere. Cyril, has he got the journey? Tis the season, listeners. Tis the season for membership packs in mailboxes. And tis the season to start getting excited for 2018. But, as it turns out, Hawthorne's not only gearing up for next year. Oh no, the club's looking at the next 32 years. Now, if you don't know what I'm on about, don't worry. We're going to get stuck into all the finer points of the club's long-term plan and a whole lot more over the next hour or so in this final podcast for 2017. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast the most must-hear show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, coming to you all the way from Ontario, Canada, where it is officially a winter wonderland. That's right, I'm cooler than Shawnee Burgoyne lining up from 50 metres out. Now back home in Australia, it is positively sizzling. You'll find my co-host, Tiz. Welcome to the show, mate. It's been a while. Oh, things are hiding up here. Jeffrey's gone bang. He's gone bang in a big way. It was good to see the reaction on some of the boys' faces at the AGM. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly astonishing. <laughs> no pressure, guys. Just deliver us two premierships in the next uh, the next five years and you'll be right. We'll have met the target. And uh, if we win more than that, as he said on the night, we'll have to uh, reevaluate our position and perhaps... <laughs> <laughs> Aim for more. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, you got to dream big, don't you? I mean, why, why dream if you're not going to dream big, hey? Why dream at all if you're not just going to go for it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't there a book out at the moment, uh, Dream Big and Get Halfway or something? And, you know. <laughs> what an inspiring title. <laughs> <laughs> dream Big and if you only get halfway, you'll be happy. Snappy. Snappy title. <laughs> it was quite an interesting reaction, not only from the players, because Smithy got up and he said... Uh, if I can hang around long enough, I should get seven premierships. And <laughs> <laughs> but the weird reaction from the crowd, because uh, Jeffrey said, um, "Well, not many organisations in Australia talk about 2050. Um, not many people are planning 32 years in advance." And when you kind of looked around the room, there was a lot of grey hair there, so I could consider that to be a fact. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was um, yeah, it was an interesting atmosphere, but it was very. I mean, you got to have a goal, don't you? And that's a that's a huge goal. It certainly is, and we're going to get stuck right into the nitty gritty details of it uh, a bit later in the show. Uh, for now, I just want to encourage people to rate and review us on iTunes. Now, Tiz, we're sitting on forty nine five star reviews. Now, thanks so much to everyone that supported us so far. It's been amazing. If you haven't done so, jump on board, help us to bring up the half ton and push us towards our uh, twenty fifty target of a million five star reviews. <laughs> 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 See, we're forward thinking as well as a podcast. Uh, we're taking cues from President Jeff. I think we're going to have to have a segment where uh, we have on someone who's brought another member to the club because our aim is like 100,000 members. That's massive. Now, uh, you can also find us uh, on SoundCloud, podcast apps, uh, as well as hit us up on Twitter at HawkTalkPod. Uh, we're enjoying a holly jolly Rioli. Xmas at the moment. Did you know that, Tiz? Did you, have you seen the gifts I've found? Oh, that's so good. I love it. It's been good fun. I tell you what, it has renewed my uh, appreciation of Cyril Rioli, which I know sounds ridiculous. It does. But, uh, like, <laughs> this is the thing. Like, everyone knows he's great. And it's it's spoken about so often that it, it gets to a point where it's kind of, 
you know, you have the standard highlights and the really special things that he's done. This the stuff that's sort of put up in lights, you know. Against Tippett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kurt Tippett being made a fool of twice in one match. The most important match of the year is just the one example. That one where he intercepts his handball and then does a quick couple of flashy handballs is uh, and then passes it off into our forward 50. That was right in front of me for that grand final. That was the most amazing bit of play. He's just so quick. Cat-like reflexes. It's it's something else. For a guy who was reportedly underdone heading into that match, he was managed beautifully. And the fact that Tippett hadn't had a chance to turn around by the time it hit someone on the chest in the forward 50 just sort of (laughs) underlined what was uh, another plane that Hawthorne played on that that day. One of the most complete games of football I've ever seen any club play. Uh, It was just something to behold. But yeah, uh, so... Obviously, selecting highlights from Cyril's career, you do have the temptation to go for the bigger ones that are constantly put in, you know, um, highlights packages put out by Channel 7 and Fox Footy, you know, the really big moments. But once you start getting down to it and doing something like this, trying to go for a gif a day uh, leading up to Christmas for the holly jolly rioli Xmas we're doing, you have to start really digging and finding some stuff that doesn't really get the praise it deserves. And boy, oh boy, I mean... All I come up with is is the fact of how blessed we are as Hawthorne supporters to have watched this guy run around and play this game. It is truly remarkable, some of the stuff and the clips I've found that, that do not get the praise they deserve. It just all adds to his legacy, to be honest. I reckon the first time I realised Cyril was something special was that goal he kicked against Richmond from the boundary. Oh, with, yes. I think he had three defenders on him. That was incredible. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You know, leading up to Christmas, uh, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, now's a good time to get on because uh, leading up to Christmas, we've still got a few gifts in the bag of our Holy Jolly Rioli Xmas gift series. And um, boy, oh boy, there are some good highlights in there. So you want to follow us to get those and uh, relive all the Cyril Rioli magic you can leading up to uh, that special day. Who are we having for January, mate? <laughs> um, Languary? <laughs> <laughs> well, who would you choose? You can have one highlight what? for uh, old Lang Syne. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, clearly, listeners, you can see nothing's been lost in our brief hiatus between podcasts. <laughs> Who do you want to see a, a highlight series from? If we had to do this again, would you have anyone in mind for January? The thing is, no one has quite got the archive of highlights like Cyril. Really? I don't think so. Oh, Anthony Condon for January 2018. I don't know. I love some of his highlights. It was, it was dirty. Anyway... <laughs> I'll see what I can do, mate. I'll see if I can pick a theme for January, but, you know, pressure's on now. Poppy has a number of them. You could get through January with Poppy. But, uh, of course, February's a little bit shorter. You can pick someone else. (laughs) It's a little bit shorter. I still feel like the pressure's on. (laughs) Now, look, what we're doing here, Tiz, see, we've fallen into this pattern of looking ahead, but that's what we're all about as Hawthorne supporters now. It's time to get used to that. We've got to crystal ball everything. That's what we do under President Jeff. Don't you understand? I know you understand because you attended the AGM. Uh, yes, I did. Yep, got there pretty early. They got all the highlights from the year, uh, notably only from the wins, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did have selected highlights. It wasn't just the goals or anything that you see on on um, the AFL app or anything. It's actually some great defending. One thing I did notice while I was sitting there was how often... One of our uh, defenders would find Luke Hodgins' space, so that is going to be very, very difficult to see how we replace him. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. 
as much as I don't want to relive it, the fact is it's going to be really important for all of 2018 to see how we cover it. Is that why we picked up David Mirror as the Luke Hodge replacement? <sighs> you might be right. Do you reckon that's what they're thinking? Steady head in the back half with a hell of a lot of experience. We still don't know what he'll be like at AFL level, but I imagine that's what they're going for. I look forward to finding out what he's like at AFL level. I mean, if there's a bloke who's earned it, it's got to be him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's led from the front for Box Hill for years. Now, look, one of our listeners, Ali, got in touch with us at Hawk Talk Pod and uh, wanted us to take a look at actually what went down at the AGM. Anything happened, Tiz? Anything of note? Oh, that's right. We've got this really detailed and ambitious plan here uh, where President Jeff announced the target of seven more premierships by 2050. Now, Tiz, um, I was looking at the video for it on the uh, Hawthorne FC website and I did hear a few murmurs <laughs> upon that announcement. There were. The mood of the room was um, slightly bemused, I take it? Oh, there's a bit to it where you go like, well, we know we're aiming to win every year. Um, having seven by 2050, well, it's a nice little aim, but it's sort of unstated, Jeffrey. <laughs> um, <laughs> we really need to put it up in lights. But uh, I think he's quite, it's, he's quite right, though. You need to have these aims to... And he, he hasn't just sort of put it out. I do feel like maybe Jeff was in a bad position having attacked so many companies and corporations and political parties for not having a plan for 2050. He was in charge of something. He definitely had to have a plan for 2050. Then he sat down and he thinks, what what you know, what works really with the marketing? I mean, 20 and 50. 20, 20, 20, 20 and maybe 20 by 50. That could work. Actually, I like the... I, I like how that sounds. Let's just go with that, guys. What do you reckon? <laughs> He's backed himself into a corner because of marketing, basically. <laughs> He's been pressured by the marketing division of Hawthorne. Basically like, Jeff, you are killing us here, mate. We need a slogan. We need something for next year. <laughs> yes. Just game face on bullshit's not going to cut it, okay? That's a terrible <laughs> slogan. <laughs> we need something else. Get your shit together, Jeff. <laughs> so we've got game face on, 20 by 50, and now the marketing's gone, well, 20 by 50. I mean, doesn't really... All right, all right. We'll just dare to be different, all right? Does that, does that just plaster over all the cracks... Fill everything. <laughs> Does that work for everybody here? Because we, we, obviously we're not going to agree. So dare to be different. Let's just go with that. Okay. And, and for anyone uh, who's enjoying this podcast, make sure you retweet it to people um, using the hashtag dare to be different. Uh, always Hawthorne. Strong as one. Game face on. <laughs> and disrupt is our latest hashtag. What What was the story there? I didn't, uh, I didn't quite catch the meaning of disrupt. It was a bit of a throwaway line from Jeffrey. He was obviously tremendous. Tremendously disappointed, and um, uh, while I was sitting there, I was thinking perhaps it was a bit of white anding by the AFL not to give us a um, AFLW team that that would ensure that you know Gordry was shown the door, but um, or or whatever happened there. Yeah, I was going to say I can think of someone who was probably more disappointed, but anyway. Yeah, and uh, basically he said, "Well, when we don't want to actively disrupt." the AFLW, but we're going to do it anyway. So he, they've actually renamed the Box Hill um, Hawks women's team, just Hawthorne. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, obviously it's a way to, to uh, get our members following a team and not following other teams just to protect our brand. Yep, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm behind that. I think it's a small change, but could be effective. Well, he, he did make the point that we're 
every other one of the 12 clubs is indebted to the AFL in some financial respect. Yeah. So um, we we can do these kind of things. Mm. We have autonomy. There's a lot of clubs out there that do not. Yep. And uh, even though we're in this position and we should use it to our advantage, we've got a plan for the future because obviously he sees spectres that uh, definitely want to pull us down. So, uh, yeah, he's a very he's a very sort of battle-hardened leader, Jeffrey. He's a very strong personality, um, obviously. I, I'm not stating anything unusual there, but it's it's very interesting the kind of impact he's had already upon his return. He is a very visible leader, a very outspoken leader. And, you know, I think at first I had some reservations. If you go back through the other episodes, I I wasn't really sure at first. But um, I don't know. I don't mind it. You know, this whole thing about... And he acknowledged, Kenneth acknowledged, that we'd probably have critics for being on the front foot like this and stating our mission. But, I mean, the fact is... Uh, you, you sort of put a spotlight on it yourself, Tiz, but you're trying to win a premiership every year, really. I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? That is the stated aim of every season for every club, right? Let's not be silly about this. Not every club. <laughs> it, sh- it should be, though. It should be. Now, you can you can argue, you know, till the cows come home about what is realistic, but at the end of the day, you're in a competition... And you're striving to be the best. You, your stated aim should be, no, we want to be successful. So I I don't see what the big deal is. I think perhaps it is audacious, but is it? I mean, a three-peat here, a three-peat there? <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're simplifying it a bit because it does have a lot of priorities uh, as well. It is fleshed out. It is, yeah. Do you want me to run you through the the first stage of the strategic plan? Because this is going to be the one that's the most immediate. Yeah, all right. So that's 2018 to 2022. Yep. Or HFC1. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing department's like, oh, fucking hell, Jeff. Hawthorne Football Club 1. All right. Now, reviewing the stated aims of HFC1, here are our targets, right? First up, from 2018 to 2022, we want two premierships. Now, I'll stop Jeff there. <laughs> it's already... That's a big ask, Tiz. The two premierships. How many would that take us to in that 10-year period? What, if we kept on going at that rate? Yeah, would that be... Why do I need to crunch those numbers when he couldn't do it? Oh, that, there, that was quite funny. <laughs> but he did make the point. He did make the point that he's asking less of our playing group than what they've achieved from 61. Because they run at a... We won at a rate of 4.4, and now he wants it at a rate of 4.7. So one premiership every 4.7 years. What amazes me about that is the lack of consideration of basic socioeconomic factors and and, uh, accounting for the fact that the game has changed entirely since then. It's a different, completely different generation. Well, we just did come off a three-peat, which we had never done before, and also... The other point is that there's two more teams in the league. But you've got to have these aims. Otherwise, you know. Okay, I'm just saying, yes, you know you know my position on this. It, You know, you might as well state the aim because it's there for all to see anyway. You, are, you do want to win premierships. Two premierships from 2018 to 2022 sometime. It does seem ambitious to me. It's not a diss on our current group. It's just, you know, that's, that's pretty big talk. Anyway... Our next aim for that 
period of time for that segment is 100,000 members. Yeah, that's interesting. I can see that happening. I would say that's more likely than two premierships. Mind you, if you if you do win those premierships, kind of feeds the membership. So they're, they're kind of inextricably linked, those two. Yeah. Uh, the third one, secure an AFLW license, which you can tell Jeff's big on and the club is really invested in, which is great. Uh, ex- extend our partnership with Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, Tiz? Are you are you pro Tassie? This partnership? Oh, we need that money, Chief, to to build Dingley. So uh, that is essential. Yep, we sure do. And North can fuck off, and everyone else who threatens it can fuck off. Generate the funding for our new training and administration facility, as covered just now. We've got to generate half the funds before we turn the sod, apparently. So that'll be a fair way off. Right. Well, there you go. Uh, Be community leaders in mental health, Indigenous and women's affairs. Now, these are all things so far that I I want my club that I support to stand for these things. So I'm very happy reading this. I think the next one is key. Maintain financial independence. Yep. Absolutely. I do not want to be beholden to the AFL. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> well, I think that's fair enough. I'm behind you on that one too. Uh, deliver one new non-football business initiative. Now, did he go into what that might actually mean? Maybe they'll start a casino. That'll be popular. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought our non-football business initiative was the pokies. <laughs> it's problematic, the pokies talk. I'd rather not talk about it. I don't know why I brought it up. It makes me feel a bit seedy, so I'm not <laughs> going to move straight along. Now, uh, ensure good governance is uh, is an aim for that segment. And then welfare of our people. So, But I'll tell you what it did do. While I was sitting there, it had the effect that I felt like... I had a role in achieving some of these priorities as a supporter. Mm. And uh, especially with the 100,000 members. You know, these kind of grandiose goals have the can impact the supporter base to say, this is what we want to do, get on board with us. Do you know what I mean? Come and help us convert a few of your friends and family to getting that membership. This also ties back into what I was saying. Uh, Jeff is an incredibly charismatic leader, like, and, and I feel that sense of mobilization as well. It was powerful listening to it. It, it didn't necessarily make you believe, oh, 100%, we've got this. We're going to tick all these boxes. It's going to be possible. But it got you excited. It got you invested. And you believed at least that he believed and the club believed that it was possible. And that's really important. And that it would pay off having this approach. Absolutely. And, I mean, we're going to be hung out to dry by a few... People in the AFL media, that's for sure. What's new? But um, for being so ambitious. But uh, it's good to, you know, have our aims stated out there. You've got to be ambitious. Like, okay, on the subject of ambition, you've got to be ambitious because, you know, in the news also in the past week, um, Simon Lethlene has been appointed new head of football at St Kilda. Now, obviously, they held a press conference. They had St Kilda's chief executive, Matt Finnis, who, uh, they, they, I didn't see the whole thing, but they clearly asked him about Kenneth's comments about this, this really ambitious, audacious projection for Hawthorne's future. And they, they asked Matt Finnis about this and for his comment on it. And his reply was something to the effect of like, oh, well, I don't know about that, but um, look, we hope to be a contender. And like, it was so weak. It was just <laughs> such piss-weak yeah. representation of this club. I'm like, imagine supporting this hollow husk shithouse club that hasn't hasn't done anything for years. I mean, and and, and they appoint Simon Lethleen as the new head of football, 
on the basis of everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, that sounds like a team that needs a second chance and blows it. I'm looking at 2010, guys. How about this? The Melbourne playing group that wouldn't give their coaches a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, isn't it? That's a good story too. So where were they meant to go? I mean, um, last year one of their players got knocked out and the other one did his knee and now they won't go back to the training facility even though it was all booked and everything. And poor little Goodwin has to turn up at the AGM and defend the fact that the players went to the AFLPA and said, we're not going. I mean, it's, it doesn't augur well for a club like that. But I was sitting there and a, a thought came to me. Little Jarman Impey, and he is quite tiny. Let me just put that across. He must have been sitting there thinking, geez, Koshy only wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey wants seven. <laughs> yep. The pressure's on, mate. Uh, he looked pretty happy, though. He's bouncing around. Uh, some of the photos that are taken from New Zealand, um, you, you say Impy's small, but I mean, he was flexing those guns, mate. He looked in good shape. He's built, but he's short. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my new desktop picture is uh, Jager O'Meara. <laughs> <laughs> so I treat myself. Like, every time I open my laptop, I look at Jager and go, yep, all those comments about him being brought to the club being a mistake are utter bullshit. If only for the fact that I get to look at this specimen of a human. <laughs> it, like, it just shows, if he's able to keep on the park, we're going to be an amazing club. Like, holy shit. Well, I tell you what, we haven't been exposed to Connor Nash, but that boy is solid now. Yeah? He is getting massive. And if he gets to debut this year, with all our backmen coming back, obviously it'll be a bit difficult, yeah. but if he gets to debut, it'll be a highlight for me, I think. He could be anything. I know right now there is the temptation in the off-season to get swept up in this, uh, the whole thing of like, oh, the club's training the house down, and it seems like all 18 teams are the most exciting in the league, and they're going to be huge next year. But uh, no, I really have a good feeling, um, more than other years, about Hawthorne in the off-season. I'm really excited for 2018. Well, Clarko's very excited, and he said the playing group's really excited, but he doesn't, he doesn't really talk about it in terms of their physical fitness he, he was talking about their psychology and uh, i think he played uh, a bruce springsteen track we look after our own he did which was a little bit you know fatherly but um <laughs> it was an interesting way of showing how the boys are you know working as a team and, and sort of becoming one group because you have to bring all these new players in they've had a big change in the playing list over the last couple of years a lot of experiences left so they've got to really coalesce and, and, and work as a team again. It seems like Clarko has always had some interest in the psychological side of the game. Yeah, he recognises how important that is, doesn't he? To achieve your your personal goals, the team goals. And, you know, I mean, I made the point when Whitecross was inducted in into the um, life members mm. that uh, he does whatever's required of him during the match. Yeah. It's not necessarily the best he can play but he does his best for the team result. Yeah. And that's what he's looking for from these players. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned uh, Whitecross being inducted. We also had Josh Gibson, Liam Shields, Luke Bruce, and Isaac Smith get the same nod, which is fantastic for those guys. So well done to those five. Uh, my other main takeaway from the AGM is that Clarko probably needs a shave. He <laughs> looks weird with sort of a half beard. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> aside between... Him and Jeffrey. Do you buy this line that they're on the same page, or do you think it's bullshit? Oh no, they they would be, but I mean they respect each other's um, 
position and they respect each other's opinions. It will just be that neither of them take a step back, I think, when they have a disagreement. I think it's it'll be pretty healthy as long as they are, are mature about it. I think they can be. I, and look, I've said it before, I would prefer the people at the core of the club to be passionate than not. Uh, if that breeds conflicts, you can always work that out. But I would prefer that the people running the club give a shit and they have an opinion each about what to do and, and where the club's going and they want to mobilise in their own way. Uh, if there's conflict around that, well, at least it's coming from a healthy place and it's that everyone just wants what's best for Hawthorne. So hopefully they can stay on the same page. But again, I think the passion at the, at the core of it is fundamentally a good thing. I don't know whether you know, but uh, every single premiership player from the Richmond premiership side of 2017 has uh, has been given life membership by their club. What do you think of that? Are you serious? Yep. Really? Just straight off the bat, life membership, you weren't it. Even the bloke who played five games? All of them. No. This, is, no, this isn't real, is it? Yeah, that's true. So when I went to the AGM, I wanted to see who our life members were going to be. And you have to either represent Hawthorne for 10 years or played 150 games in order to be eligible to attain life membership, and then you must be um, agreed to uh, by the board, must pass the board. And um, so it was interesting, because they get, they get some of the other boys to introduce the life membership. Um, Sean Marker's introduced Luke Bruce, and it was really quite strange. Luke Bruce got up to accept it, and he said, I still don't know how right he found me in the black blocks of New South Wales. He, he must have had no contact with the club. <laughs> but it's very strange that, that Richmond would do something like that that's just so damn emotional. I mean, they're, they're a very passionate club, aren't they? But still, aren't you cutting your nose off to spite your face with that kind of act? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless, to be honest. I can tell you vaguely what my emotion is, and it's disgust. Disgust? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit... I just, I think you have to earn it, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if that's... It's a nice problem to have, of course, but <sighs> I wouldn't be doing that in a pink fit if I were the board of Richmond. No, I mean, it's, I think it's one thing to be proud, but, I mean, I, I, I would set the bar a bit higher, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I don't think a bloke who, who played five games and managed to sneak himself some premiership glory suddenly becomes a life member. I think it takes more than that, right? Lakey isn't a life member. And he understands why he's not a life member. He's in the right place at the right time, he said. It's about service, isn't it? Service and commitment to the club. Commitment and service to the club. Yeah, and I just don't think some of those players have it. I don't know. Well, again, like it, that, you, you're right in saying it's a good problem for Richmond to have, and they're entitled to do whatever the hell they want. Mon the flag, if they want to reward people to that effect, well, no one's going to stop them. That's the, that's the standard they've set for themselves. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. It's it's a bit strange. Yeah, it was good to see some of the playing group introduce guys for life membership. Jiray did Isaac Smith, and Isaac was pretty circumspect. I mean, he was pretty happy. He was 21 and kicking the dew off the ground at Ballarat, and then he had three premierships in the next five <laughs> years. You know, he, So he was he was just wrapped, I think. As was Luke Bruce. Smithy and and, um, and Bruce, uh, two of my favourite players at the club, so I'm wrapped for them. Then Ruffy got up and he did Shields. He introduced Shields. Mm. And he said uh, Hawthorne got him 
he was the youngest player in the to be drafted, so they could get him before anyone else had a look at him. And they hid him away at Aquinas. Um and then McAvoy did White Cross, obviously, and then and then Gibbo, who'd missed the Crimmins when he was meant to receive his life me- membership because he'd hurt his groin on a horseback, he was introduced by Clarko. And uh, Clarko had a lot of fun with that, with the facial hair and Gibbo's facial hair. And Gibbo got up looking like a DJ. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, was, he just has this persona, Gibbo, doesn't he? Um, and Strats also got up. Uh, since we're talking about uh, styling and profiling, uh, what about Strats's mullet? Yeah, not a great look. Should we blame Blake Hardwick <laughs> for this? What's going on? What's the, the fad of the mullet is here? Oh, you can't point to Blake Hardwick now. Not after he got what he got today. Do you want to go through that now? Do you want to go through numbers? I guess we can also tie in the uh, the rookie draft to this as well. Seeing as the numbers, the Guernsey numbers have been announced, so we might as well talk about the rookie draft. And who? All right. Let's, let's just quickly go over it. Uh, so last month, Hawthorne raided the rookie draft, got some serious talent in the, in the process. Now, we've welcomed to the club uh, Chengwath Gieth, a.k.a. CJ. I'll be running with CJ from now on, Tiz, if it's all the same to you. Uh, Harrison Indy Jones. Sneaking my own nicknames in. And from Box Hill, mirror, mirror on the wall, the best and fairest of them all. It's uh, David Mirror, promoted from Box Hill. So welcome to the club, David. Um, I guess before we get to the actual numbers, we should um, mention that we had a couple of departures as well from around that time. Now, Billy Hartung, he found a new home at North Melbourne. We thought it might happen. So he ended up at the Ruse. There's already been plenty of coverage to show that he's suddenly super motivated, Tiz. Well, he's been running around with a lot better players than are running around at North Melbourne. So if he doesn't look better there, it'll be the end. <laughs> I was going to say, he, he should be impressing folks at Arden Street because over there, the bar is famously low. <laughs> I mean, oh. of course he's going to stand out. So harsh. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, and uh, apart from that, uh, maybe the more controversial story of the two, people thought Billy would go... Weren't sure where he was going to end up, but thought he wasn't really going to hang around at Hawthorne. The other story was controversially primetime TV has been cancelled, Tiz. Ty Vickery decided to call time on his career. Um, now, in a statement, Vickery said, It hasn't been an easy call to make. Football has been a huge part of my life, but I don't have the same passion for the game I once did. The break gave me a real chance to think about the future and solidified that I'm ready for the next chapter of my life. Now, uh... The Hawthorne chief executive, newly appointed, of course, Justin Reeves, confirms that the AFL free agency rules actually dictate that we have to incorporate the deal into the 2018 salary cap. What do you think of that, Tiz? What do you make of all that? I mean, why couldn't he do that before the bloody draft? Yeah. Yeah, I know. We would have had to pay him out anyway, I suppose, but it's sad to see a top draft pick like that out of the game so quickly and um, it's becoming a little bit too common now. It's a guy who clearly had a love for the game that just evaporated. I mean, that, that's got to be real tough to go through. That's And you think of the kind of commitment that players are expected to have in this modern day game. They have to live and breathe football and to suddenly have that degenerate into a thing you just don't love anymore and, you, and yet you've still got to do it. you got to throw your body and mind into it every day. Uh, it just sucks. I, I feel bad for him. And, you know, I, I get the other side of the argument, which is like, well, don't feel too bad for him. Like, he hasn't done right by the club. It's like, yeah, I think it's a bit bigger than that, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, here we are. We're vicaryless, and, um, 
you know, some people joked about it. I don't wish to joke about it personally. I think there's a lot going on with him, and I, I hope he's all right. He sounds like he'd have a decent time on the tennis circuit. Mm. Anyway, this is um, this is an interesting bit of psychology I noticed. When I left the AGM, I'm walking down Glen Ferry Road, and um, there's a bit of noise behind me. I turn around, and it's a lot of the younger recruits, you know, Warple and, and Moore and GF and Ross and Jones, and they're all walking down. And I kind of got out of the way. And then I noticed something very, very strange. Now, you're a student of humanity. This is interesting. The order that they walked the street Mm. was their draft order. (laughs) Warple, (laughs) then Moore, (laughs) then Ross, Jones, followed by GF. It was strange. I was like, now that's weird. <laughs> I sort of observed how far they maintained that formation. <laughs> and it, it was a fairly long way. <laughs> Into the distance they went. And I was like, that's that's interesting. But it, um, maybe it, that's the kind of thing that Vickery would have been exposed to. I mean, he was their first pick yeah. at Richmond. All the expectation. That's a few blokes. It's almost too many to be a coincidence, almost. Like I, I want to call bullshit on it, but that is a pretty that that's an interesting observation. I must admit. All right. Well, Ross and Jones might have been level, but the, <laughs> everything else stands. <laughs> I uh, I did see Impy get into the car with Headley and a couple of others, and it was great. Um, they took off up Glenferry Road, and as they were passing the younger younger bucks. Uh, Impey rolled down the window and yelled, up the Hawks, and then they turned right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, well, let's get to the numbers. Um, We've got, you mentioned Jarman Impey. He's going to be number four. So in case you didn't think we brought him in to replace Billy Hartung before, now we definitely have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the next one's a weird one. I didn't expect this. That's right. Yeah, I expected that Sicily would keep his number. Now he's been uh, he's been shifted to the number six Gibbo's old number, so he moves from twenty one up to number six. Uh, at fifteen, now we we both had a guess of who might take number fifteen. I'm proud to say that I nailed it. I won out of the, out of the two of us. I picked correctly. Blake Hardwick takes number fifteen. Who did you guess it was? You guessed it was Nash. Yeah, I was just having one out of the box because everybody on Twitter was in agreement that it was Hardwick and it was getting boring. I guess yeah. I, I guess I can't take too much pride in it. Everyone seemed to think it was Hardwick, so unknowingly I was going with the crowd. Anyway, we move on. Number twenty one. He's ditched the number thirty six. It's Lovell. Lucky man. Anybody get that number, by the way? The cursed. 26. The cursed 36, you mean. We'll get to that. Sorry, yeah, 36, not 20. 26 is pretty good, actually. <laughs> and a remarkable time at Hawthorne. Yeah, Shields has done well with the cursed number 26. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> now, number 27, Mark Pittenet, number 32. In steps David Mirror to the number 32. Number 36. Boy, oh boy, can we just retire this number already. Why are we doing this? Warple? No. Warpool's number 38. We've got Ross at number 37. Jones at 40. 43 is CJ. That only leaves one man, number 36. Uh, Give me more. Oh, well. Hopefully he breaks that curse. As long as that's the only thing he breaks. He had some wonderful combine stats more. So uh, i got some good expectations for him. Warpool's obviously ready to go, so I'm excited for Warpool. But uh, why can't they just not use this jumper? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, why can't they just ditch it? I don't care if it's seen as superstitious. Does it have a contract? (laughs) It's such a basic 
tiny thing to do. Just just not use it. You know what we've got to do? We've got to find out who's the sponsor for Locker 36. Because <laughs> they each have a sponsor, don't they? Each, each of the players gets a sponsor. So we're going to have to identify who that is for number 36 and just go to them and go, what other number do you like? You like number 52? That's quite good. <laughs> I've got the paperwork here. It, it's got a name here, L. Usifer. Oh, well, good on him. Uh, thanks for contributing to Hawthorne. Wonderful. That's exactly the kind of cash flow we need. Okay, so there are the numbers, um, but I understand that we've got a few fresh faces there, Tiz. Uh, now, you're better positioned to know stuff about these guys than me. Uh, so let's go through them. We've got, uh, well, let's hear about Warple. He looks like a great young lad, Warple. I'm, I'm already a fan. I love his look. It's great. <laughs> you love his look. I love his look. Yeah. He- Got the bit of the surfer look about him. He's from the Geelong Falcons. He'll be playing for us next year, I'd say, as an inside mid. Yep. He looks built. He looks ready to go. Um, contested ball is his, is his thing. Um, and accumulating the ball. So we were quite pleased, I think, to get him where we did. And I think Essendon was very displeased that they did not get him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about Ross. What what do you What's your intel on Ross? Okay, so Jackson Ross... He, he seems to me to be a really brave or a big gamble. Here we've got a, a bloke who who looked like he was going to go and go on and get a professional tennis career. So he's already decided he wants to be a pro athlete. Now he's fairly light. He's 192 centimetres and he played on the wing and he goes forward and kicks goals for the Eastern Rangers under Darren Buick, mind you. But um, he just looks like one of those players who could do anything. He hasn't been, see, he hasn't been focused on footy. So there's tremendous upside with uh, Jackson Ross. It'll be very interesting to see how he goes in his first couple of years with us. You call him a bit of a wild card. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if he had been allowed another year in the system, who knows where he might have gone in the draft. But they picked Dylan Moore ahead of him. And I can understand why they did that, because Dylan Moore's endurance is unbelievable. Mm. And he gets the ball without really trying. He's got good kicking skills. Mm. Um, Contested ball's not too bad. Also at the Eastern Rangers under Buick. He's just a running machine, mate. Now he's wearing the number 36, so uh, he will have to endure a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, run us through. Uh, who else we got? We got Jones. Oh, yeah, Harry Jones. Yep. So Murray Bush Rangers lad. He's a uh, contested ball. Endurance is very high. They seem to value endurance enormously now in the AFL. Basically, they describe him as a player who loves a contest. He really enjoys tackling and um, can run all day, but um, he's had a, he's had a bit of an injury ravaged year, so it sort of explains why he went so early in the rookie draft, but but late in terms of all the talent. And then of course we we got GF. We did. We overlooked Olango. Now we touted him for a while there, and it ended up that we went CJ instead. So I guess the club must think of him quite highly. Yeah, we definitely had the choice there, and um, I think we told. Olungo pretty early on that he wasn't coming to Hawthorne and he found a spot at West Coast yes, um, yep. with Nick Nat. So uh, that'll be, he'll get some good tutelage there, but um, he was a much sort of stronger and um, he's going to have an, he could have an immediate impact for West Coast, whereas GAF is a project. Mm. And uh, yeah, it could be interesting. His kicking needs to improve a lot. He's not awash with talent, but he's a tremendously hard worker. So his scope for improvement's massive. Now, I just have a couple of notes from the preseason. Uh, Ruffy had a minor knee injury from which he's effectively recovered from immediately. I think nine days after he had surgery on it, 
he was already back into the swing of things. Um, he didn't go to Queenstown, I believe, for the club's training camp, but stayed behind, got that knee taken care of, and now he's back in the swing of things already, which is great. Uh, we had Will Langford as well, who flew home uh, from the trip midweek after he ruptured a tendon in his finger, which required surgery. So... Other than that, you'd say we're travelling along pretty well in terms of personnel and keeping healthy. Yeah, yeah, pretty encouraging. Now, with that in mind, I guess it's time to look ahead to, you know, what our best 22 might actually be. Now, we Ooh, had a, here we a, go. Oh, yeah, it's heating up now. We had a question from one of our listeners, Liam, who asked us to draw up a best 22 and chart the club's depth for different positions. Now... Do you just want to read out Ash Browns and pretend it's yours, mate, or...? <laughs> I won't pretend it's mine. No, friend of the show, Ash Brown, did exactly what Liam's after for the AFL uh, website just a while back. And I'd say, looking at it again, I thought it was good then. Looking at it now, he's done a pretty good job of it. So we can take a look at what he came up with, and full credit to Ash Brown for that one. Um, In the back line, he's got Hardwick, Frawley, and Sicily uh, deep. And then on the half-back line, he's got Birchall, Stratton, and Burgoyne. Across the centre, we've got Smith, Mitchell, and Impey lining up. So Impey slots straight into the team there. No big surprise there, I would have thought, with uh, with Hartung moving on. Uh, Cyril Rioli, the half-forward line, Gunston, and Burton. Burton moving to the forward line there for Ash. He reckons Burton's going to going to switch up his uh, his backline role and, and surge forward in 2018. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think he'll just be the swingman. It gives us that level of unpredictability that we enjoy. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because... The problematic thing about naming your best 22 is you have to kind of define them by positions where we know, especially in Hawthorne's case, we have a lot of people that can swing either end of the ground. We have a lot of utility players. So looking at it and saying Burton half forward, it won't always be the case. And we often put Poppy at centre half forward on the team sheet. So And, and you'll notice in the back line there, you know, the guy who we've traditionally thought is you know, a bona fide forward until really recently, Sicily, you know, Ash Brown is named to the back line there, which I don't disagree with, but he is absolutely one of those guys that can play forward if we need him to. We know that. We know he can play both ends of the ground now, which is great. Now, forward line, Luke Bruce, Jared Ruffhead, and Tim O'Brien. Timio! Timio has made the cut. Yeah, who didn't make the cut? Well, we'll get to the followers first. Ben McAvoy, Liam Shields, Jager O'Meara. On the interchange, we've got Brand, Jurey, Howe, and Glass. Now, that leads us to discuss what we have in terms of depth. General defenders in Taya Miles, who we know can play forward as well. They can switch it up. We've got David Mirror coming into the Hawthorne lineup. Harry Morrison, who we expect to see more of, hopefully, sometime in 2018. Uh, key defenders, we've got Heatherly and Nash. Midfielders got a surplus of midfielders, guys who can get in there and get the ball. Cousins, Henderson, Jones, Langford, Lovell, Moore, O'Rourke, Whitecross, Willsmore, and Warple. Our forwards, we've got uh, Oliver Hanrahan, who we've yet to see at senior level. CJ Puopolo, who has not made the uh, the final 22, which I think at this point is probably fair enough, don't you reckon? Oh, he had an up and down year, but he can recover. I think he can, yeah. Uh, we've got Jackson Ross in contention for a forward position as well. Meanwhile, key forwards, we've got Schoenmakers sitting there, waiting for an opportunity. It's going to be tough for him, I think, but he's still in the mix. Uh, Mitchell Lewis and Ruckman. He's sexy and he knows it. Jonathan Segler. Yeah. He'll be back from injury. And uh, Mark Pittenet. Yeah, it's not a bad list, is it? I'm feeling pretty good about it, mate. I've got to be honest. I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm happy with the list. Although, i got to say, at the draft, I didn't think we really addressed many of our issues, like a, a key forward or a 
a lot of pace in the side. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I tend to agree. Um, not that I expected us to have a particularly active trade period or draft period the, the whole way around, but um, I, I think we're kind of playing the long game in a way. Um, hashtag pinch lynch. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen because the AFL would just collapse into a screaming <laughs> heap. Um, I mean, I think Collingwood are into him heavily too. He's gonna he's gonna require a lot of cash. Now, did you did you catch the international rules while you were over there in Canada? Bits and pieces. I saw Burgoyne link up with uh, Fife. Yeah, that was a thing of beauty. That was wonderful to watch. And obviously, he led them to victory, the Aussies, which is pretty bloody significant because they hadn't done it in a while. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. So that was good. Gunner was good too. He set up Shuey for a goal, which was one of the least artful goals I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I did enjoy that. I've been missing the footy a bit. The um, the cricket's sort of pretty predictable. Anyway, we've got AFLX to look forward to, haven't we? That'll be good. Mate, it's it's the time of year where you can easily start getting excited about football again. You want to know why? It's Christmas time, which means you can pop down to Hawk's Nest. Oh, <laughs> here we go. We we harking back to that original episode of the Hawthorne <laughs> gift giving. Yeah, yeah, we've got the, Haw- the Hawthorne gift wish list. Can I just tell the listeners that I wasn't allowed to do that segment where I had gifts <laughs> lined up for all the Hawthorne players? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just tell listeners that you're still not allowed to? <laughs> no, we did a thing last year with uh, with the stuff that's available on Hawk's Nest and what you can buy for the uh, the diehard Hawk fan in your life. So here's some of my favourites. I've only I haven't picked out many. I've just picked out a top three. Okay, so if you hop onto Hawk's Nest right now, and they are not paying for this, by the way, we are not paid to shill their terrible products. So. Hawthorne goggles, okay? As in, you're swimming goggles. What? No. Chuck a pair of Hawthorne-branded goggles and away you swim. How ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a functional fashion item you can't see. You can't show it off. So what's the point? Anyway, we move into number two, the Hawthorne dog bowl. So if you've got a dog and you don't accept the idea that they'll eat out of anything or eat anything... <laughs> you, you can get them the Hawthorne Dog Bowl. Um, Are there going to be any good gifts here? Because I'm getting worried now. <laughs> no, okay. Well, the final one, it's mercifully short, Tiz. It's not the toothbrush? No. Is, it the, is it the Hawthorne-themed toothbrush? You're going to cringe when I say you're probably closer than I'd like you to be. <laughs> no, it's the Hawthorne musical pen. Oh, this again. Now, this is a tried and true classic. <laughs> this is a great gift. Is it? Every time someone doesn't know how to use the pen. They press the top and it plays the tune. But you're meant to twist the pen to get the ink, to, you know, get the little nib out. So, um, no, that's great. You hand it to people who are of low IQ and (laughs) (laughs) press the top and get the club song going every time. Oh, well, there you go. We've had a stunning endorsement from Tiz. It's great, I believe, was the quote. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great, as they say in the trade, stocking filler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right mate well that does it now you know what to buy me for christmas so (laughs) is there anything else we want to cover for this christmas edition of the podcast i think we've we've had to try and backtrack and cover a few things since we last recorded um i guess if anyone has any sticking points things they'd like us to raise in the next podcast at hawk talk pod is where you want to head on twitter and uh rate and review us on itunes as i said you can also find us on soundcloud and other podcast apps and all that great stuff um 
Tis, I reckon that's it. Don't you, don't you think that might be it for the uh, for the year for us? Oh well, I'd like to finish on a really shining moment from the AGM, okay, which was where Jeff Kennett took time to talk about Brendan Whitecross, having seen all the life memberships go ahead, and he said um, for men like Max Bailey and Brendan Whitecross, the injuries they receive in the course of a game they can be life defining, not just. AFL career-defining. And he says, what you see in men like Max and Brendan Whitecross is a a willingness to turn up again, to go again. And especially with Brendan, how he's so giving to to all his teammates and the club. And I I just think that's the kind of ethic that, uh, that we should take time to respect around Christmas. Caring for others... As well as yourself. Is this a bad time to reveal what M10 sings whenever Whitecross kicks a goal? Probably. What do they <laughs> sing? It's festive. I'll sing us out if you want. All right. Because it's very festive. So we need something Christmassy to take us home. Next time we record, mate, I'm going to be back in Australia. Isn't that going to be fun? And you will have read Hodgie's biography. Yes, yes. We can get to that as well. Which people have labelled sterile. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that. I know people have been hanging out for our thoughts on that one, so uh, we'll, we'll get to review on that as soon as I've read it. Uh, we'll be back home um, and, and recording from Melbourne for the first time in a few months, so keep an eye out for the next podcast. Are you going to have a backing track for your singing? I might record harmonies. I'm not going to promise anything. <laughs> people will know what I've decided on when they listen to it now. <laughs> There's only one Brandon Whitecross He used to be shite But now he's alright Walking in a Whitecross Wonderland There's only one Alright, cut it <laughs> That's our final podcast for 2017, listeners From all of us here at the Hawk Talk Podcast And by all of us I mean both of us. Happy holidays, enjoy the break, and we'll see you in 2018. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.